I wonder what it would be like if God would do something out of the ordinary and Jesus would come walking out on the stage and just say, thank you for your worship. And kind of lean in to say to, to our lives and say, thank you for your heart. Thank you for, as you sang, and he could see, you know, the, 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 the hearts that are not cluttered, the hearts that are not distracted, but the hearts that are coming in and they're, and they're, and they're standing here and, and just encountering God and, and they're here understanding that what we do on Sundays is, is, is an audience of one. And Jesus says, thank you. I, I, receive, I, I receive your worship. I receive your praise. Thank you. I think all of us probably have that intent when we come. Some of us, I think we get just because we're human, we get wrapped up in, in, the, in, the, in the ebb and flow of life. Um, coming to church on Sundays is what we do. It's not really fulfilling. It's not really satisfying. We don't really connect, but, it's, but we're going through the steps. And the reason why it's like that, I mean, hearts are there. We have the intentions. We have the aspirations. You know, to, to come and to worship God, we want to spend time with God. We want to spend time with other believers and lifting up God. But truth be known, we're distracted. We're, our lives are filled full of chaos. Our lives are filled full of stuff. Our margins are pressed. We don't have room for a lot of other things. And we come in here and it's just kind of a routine that we do. But I think, I think a lot of us, probably if not all of us in here this morning, I mean, you're here. There's got to be some, I mean, there's something there that says, I want to I be here. I think, you know, it goes to what we're talking about. It's this concept that we, because we're human, we fall prey to this concept of rhythm. That we're, that we're out of sync. We don't, we don't fully grasp this rhythm. And, and life has got us. Our life has got us. It's had us for a while. We're out of sync. We're out of rhythm. It's kind of like uh, we need a shock. You know, when our hearts are out of rhythm, sometimes they shock our hearts to get things back into rhythm. And this morning and through this series, I hope that we can lean into it. Maybe for some of us sitting in here this morning, if we find ourselves in that position, and we would... Be very truthful with the Holy Spirit. We're out of rhythm. And I pray that through this, these few weeks, and I, I want to be honest with you, this is something that's really jarring me, and it's something that's, that's, I'll be honest, it's kind of hard to teach on. It's kind of hard to teach on. But I pray that we can do this together, and we can commit to this together, and we can begin to see it, because as I spend more time thinking about this, the more I see this concept of rhythm. When we, you know, when we think about it, this week when I was thinking about what we were going to, you know, this whole concept of teaching, and, and, and thinking about the rhythm, you, you know, if you step back and just kind of think about it, you see rhythms in creation. You see God being a very much a God, an artist. I mean, it, it, would you agree that God's like an artist? He's very creative. Those of us that like to travel, man, when you go to certain places and you just stand before certain places of landscape and it just, it, I mean, it's just it like it's overwhelming and it just kind of blows you out of the water and you look at it and you realize that this is God, I mean, God's hand is on it, God's thumbprint is on it and it just brings Him glory. You just look at it and you're like, wow, how can this be so, it's just so magnificent, so beautiful. I remember the first time I ever saw the ocean as a kid, I was just blown, I was just... Just, I don't want to say blown out of the water, that would be kind of a pun, but 
I, I was just blown away. I was just like, wow, this is so magnificent. There's other things that I've seen in my life where I just stand there and I feel almost insignificant because it's just so majestic and so so beautiful. But 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 in creation, you see this rhythm that God has placed in, in you know in, in our creation. Would you agree that when we look at creation, we see pockets of rhythm? We see every single day we have what? We have morning, we have afternoon, we have evening. Every single day, morning afternoon and evening there's like a rhythm we have days of the week we have seasons winter spring summer fall we live in michigan we have winter winter some summer and winter right but but there's some rhythm there right we see a rhythm. And when you really step back and look at how does what does the earth do? It revolves around the sun. It rotates on an axis. There's a rhythm that's in place. Could it be that there's a rhythm that we as people need to think about? Like that passage of Scripture by Eugene Peterson, his paraphrase, the message where he says, you know, Jesus says, I'm offering this rhythm of grace. Get in this rhythm of grace. How many of us need that rhythm of grace where uh, the last thing I want is more religion? I don't want more religion, do you? That's the last thing I want. That sucks the life out of a person. I want rhythm of grace. And when we begin to really draw back and kind of think about it, we see these exa- you know these these snippets of rhythm. You know, we see um, uh, the things that I that I mentioned, the seasons, and I mean just just a few, very few things. We see rhythms in life. We see the you know the ebb, the ebb and flow of life. And so when we take when we pull back and take a look at these rhythms, one of the things that we see that we don't like to deal with, and that's extremes. Okay, we typically don't like to deal with extremes, do we? We would probably rather say, I want to I want to have a happy balance. I don't like being clear over here, and I don't like being clear over here. I would like to have a happy balance. The only problem is that I used to think that that existed, and I don't, I'm not so sure it does. I think when you really start looking at things, there is this rhythm, and it's like a swing, it's a pendulum that we're going to talk about, but there's extremes. Well, could there be a verse of Scripture? Absolutely there could. Let me share it with you. Solomon, the wisest person, the wisest person in the Bible. Listen to what he says in the New Living Translation. He says, For everything there is a season, a time for activity under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. Is that an extreme? There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to plant. There's a time to harvest. There's this, you know, th- there's this sense of, of extremes, right? I mean, that's pretty extreme, isn't it? You got, you got birth, you got death. You got planting, you got harvesting. I mean, there's a pretty wide gap in there, isn't there? And so when you look at it, there seems to be this extreme. Now, when you, when you strive for that balance, it kind of, it's like we're trying to do something we're not really designed to do because it's, in a sense, we're designed to, 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 um, kind of live in that extreme. It's, it's kind of like golf. There's, there's, there's this concept of those of you that play golf, those of you that have tried to play golf, those of you that have been told how to play golf. I like to play golf, and we're told that there is this concept of balance. And when you take a swing, you know, you're, the, the concept is to keep the balance. You shift, 
you shift your weight, as I'm told, to what to do. You know, I've tried this. I try it all the time when I golf. But you shift from, you know, you shift to your backswing and then you shift through to your, you know, to your, you know, through the ball. Doesn't that look nice? That looks so methodical, doesn't it? I wish it was like that on the golf course. Because I get a little herky-jerky. And next thing you know, because essentially what should happen is you have such balance, everything's smooth, man. It's a pendulum, right? At least that's what we're told, you know. So you bring it back and you come down through and you swing in the ball straight to the green. Not off to the right, right? Trees off to the left. Or water, whatever. But there's that there's that sense there's that sense of balance. I mean, it's in that it's in your golf swing, you know. And, and, and in society, in society, we're not given this. We're not given this sense of trying to 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 understand the extreme of things. Society doesn't really help us to tolerate it. In fact, society kind of gets us out of kelter of this. And and listen to what uh, one person said who. Uh, um, her name's Lillian Cunningham, and she is a writer for Washington Post in the leadership section, and she makes this statement. She says, less than half of the people I've interviewed would say they work around the clock out of fear, and the more than half would say they do it out of habit. We use work to numb out. We can't turn off our machines because we're afraid we're going to lose something. Exhaustion is not a status symbol. And so when we look at this, we see this concept of rest, for instance. Just using this as an example of this, of this extreme. We see this concept of rest where in our society we're not pushed to rest. We're pushed to go, 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 go. Produce, 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 right? And what happens is we get burned out. We get exhausted. We get numb. Some of us are sitting in here this morning. We're absolutely frazzled. It's hard for us to even pay attention. It's hard for us to engage because we're tired we're absolutely tired we haven't we it's hard for us to grasp this concept of rest because it's like an extreme you've got work you've got rest you've got work you've got rest and society has it all off kelter when we look to the scripture though we see that jesus embraced and understood this extreme of rest in fact when we see him starting his ministry just in the book of mark alone in the gospel of mark alone when we see when jesus um um, he, he, he shows up on the picture and right after John the Baptist, John the Baptist is preaching the message. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus shows up and he says, the kingdom of heaven is here. Jesus starts his ministry. And if you would just this week read through the book of Mark and take a look at all the times that Jesus got away. That Jesus grasped this extreme of rest, this, this concept between work and rest, this rhythm that is there. Oftentimes he went off and spent time alone with the Father. Oftentimes he took the disciple, got him in a boat, went across the lake after he did miracles. I mean, everybody was pursuing him. He didn't multitask, which we like to think we can do. We have this thing where we say we can multitask, right? You know, and you've been there. You've been sitting at dinner with someone or lunch or whatever. And they're like saying, I can multitask. Go ahead and talk. Go ahead. I'm listening to you. You know what I mean? And you felt that, right? And they're like, you know, and it's been suggested, and I agree with it 100%, we don't really multitask, we toggle. We toggle back and forth, right? I'm going to tell you, okay, what did you say again now? Okay. I mean, how does it make you feel when someone's sitting across from you and you're saying, I'm listening, go ahead. I mean, how's that feel? Does that make you feel like someone's really leaning into you and listening to you? It's like, no, you know, it's, it's like you don't feel like you have their attention. Jesus didn't do, Jesus was set an incredible example, not just an example, but he, he showed this concept of understanding the rhythm. 
And in Mark alone, as I shared with you, there's various verses where he... Listen to these various verses where it talks about the extreme of resting. It, it, it starts in uh, chapter 1, and it says, The people were also amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He, he even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Jesus starts his ministry. Now, if, if Jesus was here in our society and he started his ministry here and he started healing people, he started casting out demons, he started just doing all these miracles, I'm telling, it would, I think we would have the same response. It would grab our curiosity. We would want to go after this person. We would want him to heal our loved ones. We would want him to be a, I mean, it's like, please come to my house. I've got people that's, that's sick or I've got people that's got a, that has impure spirits in them, demonic spirits would you please cast those out i mean we the guy was followed he was he he fed them he did these things that just grabbed a hold of them his teaching was was um you know just just uh bewildered them because it's like his teaching has such authority and so he had all these people coming to him to check him out and they, they were part of his ministry and it would have been so easy in our society to say whoa 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 we got to keep working let's keep working let's keep working you got people here come on let's do more miracles let's go let's go let's go let's go and Jesus was like, mm, no, I can't do that. And time after time after time, he would take the disciples. Let's go across the lake. Hey, where's Jesus? Well, he's up on the mountain. He's praying. He's spending time with the Father. Early in the morning. Where's Jesus at? He's off praying. I think he, he, he's the one that grasped that to understood, if I don't grasp this concept of rhythm, I'm not going to make it. I don't think it was just a model. I think he embraced his humanity. And I think he knew. I think he knew that that was that time where he had to get away and he had to understand that if I'm going to, if, if, if I'm going to accomplish my life mission, what I'm about, my, in a sense, my God created identity, why I'm here on earth being in flesh, incarnate, God incarnate, if I'm going to accomplish that, I have got to be able to live in the rhythm of grace. I've got to be able to live in that rhythm. And so Jesus demonstrates this concept of getting away and understanding about rest. We live in a society where we say that we work to rest, right? Even when you start jobs, you have to work before you get vacations, right? We have to work to rest. Here's the problem. A lot of times we work so much, by the time we get to rest, we're so stinking tired we can't even rest. That's what we're influenced by. Our society is completely flipped, as, we, as we've talked about and we know. I remember growing up, how many of you, it was kind of interesting, the first service. I need you to raise your hand. Do I need to practice this with you one time? You need to answer the question, all you have to do is raise your hand. No one's watching behind you. They're not going to come up and make you pay or ask money or anything like that. I just need you to answer the question. How many of you ever heard of a blue law back in the day? Okay, a few, yeah, a few of us. I remember growing up in West Virginia, I was born in 67, and during the early part of the 70s, there, in Parkersburg, West Virginia, they had what they called the Blue Law, which meant on Sundays you couldn't buy anything. All the stores, everything was closed. Our society, you know, I guess you could say at that time, society kind of got a grasp of what was going on, and everything was closed on Sunday. You could do everything in the six days of the week, but on Sunday, we're not going to open up. I remember as a kid, um, you could buy, like, pharmaceutical drugs, I'm sure you could buy illegal drugs too, but you know, pharmaceutical drugs, you go in the drugstore, and it was like drugstores today, they would have other things, but the aisles were roped off, 
And you couldn't go down those aisles and purchase anything. They, you, they would not sell it to you. It was called the blue law. And so in that respect, that lasted for a little while, but in that respect, there was this concept that somehow somebody kind of grasped something, and, and there was this sense of rest in a, in a sense. Um, for You know, we don't have that today. Everything is seven days a week, 24-7. It really, and if we can't understand or grab a hold of this rhythm of rest, it can literally burn us completely out. And like I said, before, like I said, we live in a society that says you've got to work to rest versus rest to work. And what I mean by that, I'm going to explain to you here in the next couple of minutes. And the second point says this. There's a, the, when we understand this rhythm, and we understand this rhythm of extremes, then we begin to understand that we need to schedule our values within that. Nothing is going to take place unless we schedule our values within that particular rhythm of extremes. It's like, and, and this is where we get our power from, because I'm going to get back to the golf swing. When you, if you played golf, and like me, I try to play golf. I love golf. I like to play it. I understand, cognitively, I understand that the bigger your backswing is, the further you can hit the ball, right? Bigger the backswing, you follow through, the ball's going to go further. If your backswing is shorter, they call that a chip shot, right? You just kind of chip it, right? Everybody. Okay. Uh, anyhow. So, here's the problem with our lives. We play, we do our lives like we play golf in a sense. We come back, we have a backswing, and then we stick, you know, we hit the ball, and then we're always out here. We don't really recoup to get that, to get that sense of rest, to get that sense of scheduling that says, I've got to take a, I've got to take a pause. I need to get into this rhythm. I need to come back and to get refreshed so that I can continue to do what I'm doing. We look at this again in, in the words of Jesus. In the words of Jesus, in John 15:5, he says, "I am the vine; you are the branches." In him, or he says, "He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing." That abide is, in a sense, is the backswing. If we're going to produce fruit, we need to abide. We're not going to be able to continue to produce fruit, produce fruit, produce fruit, produce fruit if we're not spending time abiding in Christ, abiding in the vine. That sense of rhythm, that sense of rhythm, we see it in creation. And when we talk about this whole concept of rest, we see it in the sense of creation. When you read the creation story, God creates and then God said it was good, right? At the beginning, He creates and it was good. Creates and it was good. Creates and it was good. What did he create on the sixth day? Go ahead. He created man. Do you know what man's commandment was? What man is supposed to do? What God charged him with? God says in, uh, in the, in the uh, New American Standard, it says in chapter 1, verse 22 of Genesis, he says, God blessed them. He created them. He blessed them and he gives this commandment. Be fruitful and multiply. That was the commandment of man, right? Here's the beauty of this. And tell me how, if you see the, the breakdown in our society, God creates man on the sixth day, and immediately on the seventh day, he says, rest. Is that coincidence? Could there be, do you understand where I'm going with this? Could it be that God said, you're going to need to do a little bit of abiding before you can produce? He creates man on the sixth day. This is going to be your job. You're going to rest immediately. See, we don't do it that way. We rest at the end. 
We get so burned out that it's like we can't really function, we can't really produce, we're not really abiding, we can't produce the fruit because we're so burnt, we, we, we're out of rhythm, we can't get in that sense, that sense of the extreme of, of grace and understand the rhythm of the way that we were created. And so even in creation, God seems to indicate that there's this sense of, of, of rhythm and this sense of rest that comes so that we can be able to produce what he is asking us to do and what he's asking us to be. Back in the Old Testament, God gave the people of Israel, his people at that time, the Hebrews, the Jews, festivals, fest, all kinds of festivals. And part, we've gotten away with it in the New Testament. You know, we don't really do festivals that much in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, they were given all these festivals, and really the essence of these festivals was, was times of rest. Times of celebration, but times of focusing completely upon God, but this sense of rest. We're going to work, we're going to have this festival. We're going to work, but we're going to have this time of rest. We're going to work, but we're going to stop and we're going to remember God. We're going to work, but we're going to remember where God has brought us from. We're going to remember these things. These things that seems to be where God said, I'm going to schedule these things in. Here's the issue. If you take a look at your life, what are the values in your life? What are the things that you say, you know what, I want my life to be this. I want my life to look like this. I want my life to be this way. And that's what, I've, that's what we've said all along. We're in this study in Ephesians. says, who do you think you are? So hopefully at some point you connect with that and you say, you know what? This is the way God has created me. This is who I am. And you begin to start to see the way God has gifted you, the way God has uniquely created you, and you begin to live out of that unique God-created identity. And you begin to discover as you do that that your life becomes full. Your life becomes energized because you realize that that's how God created you and you're okay with that, which is exactly the way we should all be, where we discover our God-created identity and not try to be something that we're not and not try to find our self-worth and, and our, our, our significance through things that aren't us. But we begin to discover who we truly are. Here's the issue. If we can't find that rhythm, if we can't embrace the extremes, if we can't get in that groove of the way we were created, we're never going to schedule things within our lives. We're never going to have those values where we say, this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be. If we're off rhythm, we never ever get into that. At times we catch glimpses of it, but we never get into that. So it means where we sit down and we say, you know what, I want to be this type of person. These are three or four of the values within my life. These are three of the four or three or four things or whatever, whatever you would want to do that we discover about ourselves and we say, this is who I am and this is what I want to be. This is what I want my life to look, look like. If we sit down then and take those and put them in place and schedule them and get into the rhythm of those things, that's when things begin to take shape and form abiding and then producing the problem is a lot of times we have all these aspirational values of who we think we are and who and what we're going to do but we never get around to them because they're aspirational and they never become actual and so then the third one is this rhythm means that we set up repeating patterns we set up these repeating patterns we learn that if I'm going to be this type of person, if I'm going to live out of my God-created identity and I'm going to be this type of person, these are my values, I'm going to develop some patterns within my life so that these things will actually be demonstrated. 
As the worship team comes back, we're gonna we're gonna close with another song. But I wanna uh, I want us to I want you to think about these this 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 sense this concept of repeating patterns because it's it's it goes back to all the it goes back to that thing that we've talked about before. You can't give something that you don't have, and so when we're not spending um, when we're not spending time abiding, we're just kind of we're kind of living and kind of just giving the leftovers. We're kind of spilling things out and just kind of giving leftovers in a sense, and we really don't have this rhythmic pattern. We're not really staying in God. We're not really spending time with God. We're not really finding that sense of abiding and producing, that abiding and producing and developing those schedules and that repeating that repeating pattern that we need to see within our lives. So therefore, I want to ask you guys to commit with me on something, or at least to pray about it. I can tell you what God's going to say, but if you need to take time to pray about it, you can do that. For those of us in here that are struggling with this rhythm and this abiding and producing, some of us are sitting in this morning, and truth be known, we would say, my prayer life is not a repeated pattern. We would say that's very important. In fact, as a church, we say that it's extremely important. But what does it look like in the life of our church? What does it look like in the life of our people? Is it just an aspirational value or is it something we've developed and we understand that this has to be in the rhythm of our lives and we're going to develop rhythmic patterns? I'm asking you, would you commit with me to be a people of prayer? Would you commit with me? Would you email me and say, you know what? I've listened to what you said and I know that I've struggled with my prayer life too and I'm committing with you and this is my pattern. And communicate it to me. I'm going to spend every day or every day from 9 to 9.30, whatever, I don't, whatever it is, whatever pattern it is. Would you consider committing with me to help develop, hold each other accountable, hold me accountable, hold you accountable to develop these patterns in our lives, a pattern of prayer, a pattern of spending time in God's Word, reading His Word, sitting down, whatever it may be, sitting down, just kind of going through the New Testament, going through the Old Testament, taking a one-year Bible, whatever it is, developing a plan, a pattern that's going to help us get into that rhythm together. Would you consider doing that with me? I've got another one. Would you consider fasting with me? Would you consider taking time and saying, I'm going to set a day aside and I'm going to fast from food so that I can be more clear and allow God to, to, to just, just, you know, not in a legalistic way, but just in a way that's going to help me pray for the people that I need to be praying for, that God's going to, the things that God will put on my heart to pray for, to pray for our church, to pray for my, whatever it is, my family, my spirituality, whatever it is. Would you commit in fasting with me, whatever, whatever time frame you would pick, once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, developing a pattern? We talk about them. Here's the issue. If we don't have anything that we're drawing upon, if we're not in that sense of rhythm, if we're not in that sense of embracing the extremes, if we're not in that that concept of abiding and producing, we don't have anything to give. 
God places someone in our life where we need to give love or we need to give encouragement or we need to give a thoughtful prayer or, or something like we, we're, we're, we get out of sync. We don't have it. We don't have anything to give. Some of us will popcorn it. Sometimes we do that with our money where we say, God, you know, I want to be a, I want to be a generous giver. And so instead of developing a pattern, instead of getting in a pattern of tithing or a pattern of whatever it is with our money, some of us will, will say, oh, there's, there's a need. You know, we just kind of popcorn it and we go over here and we feel great about it. But then after that's gone, it will kind of return back to the same old, same old. You see what I'm saying? Would you commit with me into being a people at Element Church? It's going to be committed to prayer. Some of you are already there. Some of you are already there. If you're already there, would you email me and say, I'm already there. And here's what I do. Because that will encourage me. And that might encourage others to know what you do. But would you, if you're not in a set pattern and your rhythm is out, and you're sitting in here this morning, and truth be known, you're tired, you're frazzled, you're spent, you're not excited, your joy is kind of marginal would you take this and lean into this and allow the spirit of god to connect with you and and just really consider what i'm what i'm asking would you commit with me in prayer in reading god's word in fasting in and how we spend our money i'm going to close um, this time with a with a word of prayer but i just ask that you would just again open your hearts and your your hearts to jesus and his holy spirit and allow Him to just speak into you the truths that, that we've been talking about today and even bring in more clarity to you. Jesus, thank You for this day. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for helping us to see where we may be out of rhythm and giving us the giving us truths and, and, and Your Word to be able to live in rhythm. Please encourage us. Please give us the courage to and the desire to commit in seeing our lives becoming in rhythm with you so that we can live in our God created identity God I thank you for each person here today and I just pray that your spirit would just have free freedom right now I pray that you would give us revelation of you, wisdom. God, I pray that you would just fill our hearts with your presence. Don't let us walk out of here with more head knowledge. God, let us walk out of here being transformed. Putting into place the, the, the truths that your word communicates to us. We pray that as we close this time here today in this last song that you would continue to minister to us and that we would continue to give you glory and worship and praise. And it's in your name that we pray all these things. Amen.